Welcome to Through the Water Cycle on Solving Water, a xylem podcast that explores issues and opportunities water utilities have at every stage of the water cycle, from source and supply to discharge. This episode is part of a live series recorded at WEFTEC 2019 in Chicago, where xylem experts got together to discuss critical challenges, areas of focus, and current trends in the water utilities industry. Enjoy the show! Hi, we're here at WEFTEC 2019 in Chicago, recording live from the WEFTEC Beer Garden, sponsored by Xylem. I'm joined by my co-host Griffin, and I'm Amanda with Xylem, and our first two guests today are Jim Fisher and Jay Johnson with Xylem. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Um, One of the things we're doing with these podcasts is aligning the topics with some of the critical water issues that are featured in the Xylem booth at WEFTEC, but before we get into that... Um, Can you just give us a little bit of background about what you do for Xylem? Sure. So I, for years, worked in the main area of designing, pumping, and mixing systems as an application engineer. But today I've used all that know-how to help uh, our sales teams uh, connect more with customers. And and so now I'm managing a a team of sales professionals to uh, spread the great word about mixing and mixers that we can we can do better than most people around the world. Great. And I'm the product manager for Mixers in North America. I'm doing a lot of the behind the scenes stuff related to product development, product launch, education, things like that. So when we talk about mixing, what do we mean by adaptive mixing? Kind of starting broad, like what do we mean when we say adaptive mixing? I think the main thing we mean is By adaptive mixing, we can adapt our mixing to meet specific customer needs, whether it's changing the energy of a mixer to mix more strongly or less strongly, more more gently or more more aggressively, depending on customer's needs. Mm -hmm. And being able to do that either manually or automatically. Manually means a customer judges for himself what's the best speed and he can turn the speed up and down like with a little dial or a touch screen. Or automatic means that we've got some automatic programming that controls the mixer to speed up or down or to mix harder or less hard based on process parameters that change over time that we can use sensing devices to make the judgment automatic instead of relying on an operator. And Jay, we saw you in um, Charlotte the other week and you were talking a little bit about some of the latest advancements that Flight has in mixing technology in this automated way. Yeah. So talk yeah. about that a little bit. We're a lot of fun. Well, so uh, as Jim said, you know, we the, the, the adaptive mixers are able to vary their their output depending on either external signals or, uh, or internal signals. And we've created a full line of adaptive mixers now. Uh, started with our, we call it 4320, is uh, what the, affectionately known as the banana blades, the big machines, the you know, large, the gear drive, they go very slowly. And these are like the, the mac daddies of efficiency in the mixing world. Uh, we were ahead of the pack for years and years with that style of mixer, a lot of people started, catch, a lot of the competitors started catching up, and we brought out the 4320. It's got this permanent magnet motor inside 
and it just took it to a whole nother level. So we can slow this thing way down, incredible. 1,800 newtons per kilowatt input doesn't mean much to most folks, but 1,000 is like the best anybody else can do. So we're, we are definitely wow. way ahead of the pack again with the 4320. And Jim and his team have been going out and making a lot of hay with that technology, talk about Milwaukee and stuff. And, uh, and then we went ahead and introduced the save technology uh, into the compact mixers. And the compact mixers are the bulk of our business, about 80% of what we sell are compact mixers. Okay. And that we're, we're able to cut the energy consumption in half compared to what a typical 4600, you know, uh, conventional single speed mixer is able to do. So this is an unusual window of opportunity for us because we've leapfrogged the competition so much that in some cases it makes sense to take a perfectly good mixer that's out there today from a competitor or even our own and replace it with one of these adaptive mixers. You get a reasonable payback, wow. especially if you've got electricity prices. Wow. So when you have a potential customer or somebody you might be interested, is that their biggest area of need that they indicate to you is energy savings or... Actually, a lot of times it's what gets us in the door, but it isn't necessarily their biggest driver. There's okay. four main areas that you get out of a, an adaptive mix. You're going to improve energy efficiency, but you're also going to improve your process resilience. You know, the, the adaptive mixer gives you the opportunity to, uh, as Jim said, change speed, change thrust, and that means you can put it into different tanks, you can use it for different situations. Uh, you could also have your, your system adjust to uh, real-time changes. Mm -hmm. In addition to that, a lot of uh, a lot of facilities have um, backup mixers, and you, sure. instead of having to have uh, ten or twelve, um, you can you can just have one or two because the same mixer can be applied to a variety of different situations. Hmm. So when you talk about maybe having to replace a perfectly good mixer, uh -huh. is that kind of a tough ask, or is it you know how do you what do you think, Jim? Well, when we say perfectly good, <laughs> it's a, it's a, there you go. Yeah, that, that definition. That, quote, yeah, right. yeah. That, that means that it's a mixer that still turns off and on. Yeah. It's, uh, but it's maybe a, an earlier generation or a different brand besides flight that uses a lot more energy than the current adaptive mixers can. So, uh, even though it might be turning off and on just fine and running just fine, it's using five to ten times as much energy as our new product line can will use, doing the same amount of mixing. So that's what we really mean by uh, you know replacing a mixer that's perfectly good. It's really not that good. Right. It just looks good to the customer. Right. It works. It, it works. It works. Yeah. It works. Right. It doesn't yeah. need replacing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the big the analogy I like to use is it's 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 like replacing an incandescent bulb with an LED. Yeah. Sure. It's really a lot like that. Okay. It's it's, it's exactly like that. It's, <laughs> you know, you, you take out something that's giving out so many lumens, right? You just want something that will deliver the same number of lumens. If you can do it with 10 times less energy, why not? Right. For flight, we have a similar measuring tool. We measure mixer's output by measuring the thrust force that it produces. Mm -hmm. And that thrust force is just like when you stand on a scale, you measure your weight in the morning. That's what we're measuring. It's a force. We can do the same thing in our factory. We can measure the force delivered by a mixer and uh, tell you, well, it's this mixer, that's a 100-pound mixer, or that's a 1,000-pound mixer. And uh, 
that's similar to a light bulb putting out 100 lumens or 1,000 lumens. Right. Uh, but the beauty of it is, once you measure that force, then you also measure how much electricity it, it takes, takes to generate yeah, that. Okay. We do that simultaneously when we measure the, the force of the thrust, we measure the electricity draw. And our mixers, we, we produce more thrust with less electricity than any other mixer in the world. So you're talking about the facility in Pewaukee, Wisconsin, right? Actually, where is that we where measure, your test facility is? No, well, we do have a test facility there. Okay. But that facility is mostly for testing pumps and pump performance. Okay. So in order to measure this kind of uh, thrust for power ratio, we call it for mixers, that's done in our factory in Sweden. Oh, okay. Yeah. So do you have a lot of customers requesting like to go Witness there testing. and just like? Wow, okay. We do, actually. Mm -hmm. And just last week, uh, we had one of our customers from Joliet, Illinois, traveled over to uh, witness their mixers being tested. Wow, okay. That's great. Yeah, it was great. And they, they came back very pleased with their visit, and they said they learned a lot. Uh, we spent some time with them also showing them what they can do with their mixers and their tanks. We actually have some model tanks of water in our offices in, in Stockholm where you can set up the water patterns and the tank shape just like yours and your, your wow, customers okay. and then turn on model mixers and illustrate for them what their flow patterns will be. Okay. Uh, so that's another that's really nice thing we can do with our witness test. Sure. You know, back on your question about what they're getting, what else they're, they're yeah. keyed in on. Um, Mixer uptime is something that's of a lot of interest to operators. Not everybody has to pay the electric bill. And so for them, something like mixer uptime can be very important. And it's not it's not always obvious why an adaptive mixer would be any have any more any better uptime than a conventional one. But the adaptive mixers have built-in intelligence. They're able to actually react to situations in the tank and keep going where a traditional mixer would just stop. And that, of course, every time you stop, that reduces your uptime. Oh. So you think about, like, the, the, the favorite one is if, if something gets caught on the propeller, the adaptive mixer can sense that, and it will slow down to try to get it to fall off. Okay. If you've been talking to the Concerter folks yet, you'll know yeah. that Concerter does something like that with a clock. Right. It's the same base technology, what we call the Dorigo platform, and it's, it's the, really it's the same logic. Something's caught on me. I need to undo this. Right. So the, the controls back it off. The, the pumps actually run backwards. The mixers just slow down. Uh, the mixers also will slow down if they start overheating because it's possible to get it up junk gooped on the side of a mixer where it's get it, it can't cool itself like it's supposed to. An adaptive mixer senses that and starts pacing itself. And every time something like this happens, the mixer sends a signal to the operator saying, hey, I'm having a problem down here. I'm still going, but you'll need to come look at it. Okay. And so the, the operators, it, it, it improves their quality of life because sure. they, they can see something going on while having to fish it out of the tank. Yeah. Right. And they can get an idea of what's going on because the, if they've got it connected to their SCADA or a similar mm -hmm. data acquisition, it shows them. It says, hey, I got this kind of alarm. And it's, you know, it's in English so they can understand what's happening. They can share that to their with their flight technician, so it's not something they can fix. They can get the technician oh, okay. to come with the right pieces, perhaps. You know. So it's, some preventative maintenance too, yeah. to keep the 
product lasting longer. Yeah, in fact, there's a there's a, a timer which you can set on the mixer. It will go off after so many hours. It'll get a light on, just like the, the maintenance light on your car. Light comes up on the SCADA system saying, time to you know check mixer number 62. And, sure. And then you can plan it and get it done. You can reset it there on the screen. Want to hear more about how we solve water? Check out In the Field with Gould's Water Technology, a new show in the Solving Water feed. Listen to Xylem experts and industry thought leaders discuss trending water topics, including residential wastewater, agriculture tech, and how Xylem is bringing clean water to Americans in need. Stream episodes of In the Field with Gould's Water Technology wherever you listen to Solving Water. So you're talking about Milwaukee. Is that a a success story, uh, I guess a case study? Yes. So what happened yes. in Milwaukee? So uh, I'd love to talk more about that. So in 2016, we launched the first adaptive mixer. It was the 4320. And right away, we found a customer who actually said to me, hey, we'd like to try one of those mixers and find out how low we can go with energy and still create high-quality mixing. So we collaborated with the City of Milwaukee or the Milwaukee Metropolitan Sewer District to develop a test protocol to do that. And uh, what we discovered, we were actually amazed ourselves at how low energy could go and still get high quality mixing. And uh, the results have now been published in these two papers published by the Water Environment Federation. And in addition to that, we they sponsored a webcast so there's a it's and it's posted on their knowledge center it's in there for perpetuity for as long as they leave it posted there and they uh, if you're a WEF member it's a free webcast you can go and listen to the recording if you're not a WEF member it's forty dollars to go and listen to it and uh, recently I went and looked at the site we've had hundred and ninety six views and 170 downloads of that pod, of that webcast, That's a and uh, people like it. Yeah. People love what they're seeing and what they're learning, and uh, so that news is spreading. And uh, it, it's uh, we were able to mix this whole basin, which was pretty big. It was 50 feet long by 30 feet wide by 15 feet deep, and that we did that in whole tank with the power of less than. Uh, 200 watt light bulb. Wow. So uh, that just surprised us all very, very pleasantly surprised by that. So, uh, and then that's, that was a huge milestone for us that okay. we were able to demonstrate that and then publish these papers and got pretty much worldwide recognition for you know, breaking the record basically with uh, minimizing mixing energy for activated sludge. So was it like a pilot? I mean, do you guys do pilots in mixing, or is it more about witness testing, really, is the... the well, we do, we do both, but this is what I would call more than a pilot. I would just call it a demonstration. Okay. We knew we could do this. We just didn't know quite how low in energy we could go. So in a sense, it was a combination of a demonstration and then sort of an experiment to find out how well we can go. In that sense, I guess you could call it a pilot, too. Okay. So, Very you know, cool. Really, what Jim's talking about here is the convergence of two disruptive things we're doing in the marketplace at the same time. 
the IE4 equivalent motor and the advanced hydraulics in those adaptive mixers mean that we can deliver much more thrust for the same kilowatts like Jim was talking about. But also, the, the fact of the matter is that most mixers out there today are oversized. And the reason they're oversized is A, um, the models were not as good, especially, you know, we've got so much experience and we keep making our models better and better. We're able to really hone in on the details to make, you know, to say you can you can really do this with 500 newtons, it won't take a thousand or 1500. Um, and of course the other thing is that nobody ever got in trouble for over mixing a tank, <laughs> right? And sometimes, you know, especially our competitors, they don't have as many mixtures to choose from. So if it called for 800 newtons, well, we'll give them a thousand because a thousand is what we got, and right, that goes fine. So, so is, I'm sorry, I was just going to say. So is it cost that's driving this? Do they want to reduce cost or reduce energy consumption? Well, you know, you 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 basically are hitting both of them because for you know, when if you can, if we could go to them and say, hey, you don't have to use. You know, you don't have to do this with 10 kilowatts. You can do it with six. Um, that's always looks appealing, and then there's a return on investment on yeah. that. But also, we're selling them a six kilowatt mixer instead of a 10 kilowatt mixer. Now, you might say, well, wouldn't we make more money if we sold them a 10 kilowatt mixer instead? And that's technically true. But we're we're showing them that they can do more with less. They can get it done just as well. And and then. And now we've got the competitive advantage because we're going in and saying, I know the other guys are all quoting, you know, 10 kilowatt mixers, but our model shows that you can really do this yeah. with six just fine. In fact, if you look at our paper here, you'll probably be able to do it with four and a half or five. Wow. So we'll 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 sell you a mixer that'll not only, you know, it's a smaller, less expensive mixer, smaller it's not necessarily less per kilowatt, but less, you know, expensive yeah. in, in an absolute sense. And some of those small facilities probably really appreciate that cost-effective approach, right? Yeah. They just they just can't afford to get all the things all at once. I'm sure. Yeah, they don't want to. They they can't afford to waste money on anything. Yeah. So right-sizing their mixer, um, and and and, and it's exciting for our sales community because they that means they can go out to a site and and look at it. You know, say, hey, I see I've got a you've got a, a 15 horsepower mixer here. And it's you know it's this big and this deep and this wide, and they they could run through the model and go, he didn't really need 15. He could have done that with 10 in the first place. And now we can bring in an adaptive mixer. He can do it with six. So all of a sudden the mixer is half the size. Hmm. So you guys have both been in the industry a while. Can you believe that this is where it's at? That this kind of technology is out there. Has it come a long way? Oh yeah. So. Um, you know, Flight introduced a submersible pump in the 50s, and it, it took a while for the world to embrace that. You know, uh, and it was, and then the mixer came along in the 70s, and the world embraced that. And I was just telling a customer this morning, you know, we developed the mixers at that time, and we keep making it better and better. So in the 90s, we launched a new version that was even better than the one we had in the 70s. Now I think this is a huge leap forward, above and beyond what we launched in the 90s, to uh, some really fabulous new technology. But I think, like the submersible pump, over time it, it's going to be become the standard. Cool. Uh, it'll, it'll be embraced, I think, by the world. It might take a little time, but yeah, it's a huge breakthrough. And like many breakthroughs, they don't they get embraced right away. But 
I think this is one that will be. I agree. I agree. It's it's fun, you know, for a lot of a lot of the people who've been in the company shorter periods of time don't realize that flight has been an innovator and and really a disruptor in the industry. You know, we talk when Jim talks about the you know introducing the submersible pump and then later the submersible mixer. Both of those things were, you know, frankly, some people thought it was a crazy idea initially. Hmm. And then once once we got out there and showed them the benefits, and there really are dramatic improvements to be made both by going to a submersible pump or going to a submersible mixer. Um, then pretty soon the rest of the industry followed suit, and now you know, submersible mixers are the dominant product used sure. in mixing in this in this industry. Well, that's exciting, and you and at the booth you can actually see the the rotation. You've got a couple mixers in the booth, right? Right. Oh, yeah. That, right. So that's something fun see to see. Yeah. We've been getting a lot of we get a lot of a positive reaction from that because the, especially the the banana blade is, is way up high. It's about 12 feet in the air, and you know every every show people come and ask me, is that a wind turbine? I'm like, no, in fact, it's a mixer. <laughs> hey, it starts a conversation. It does. Yeah. It does. Well, should we do our beer tasting? Yeah, and I was going to ask if Jim wanted to give us a little uh, little 15 second rendition of his. Um, Performance at Jammin' for Water on Saturday. Um, oh, putting you on the spot. Before, uh, before we have our, our little sign Unless you feel like you do better after the beer. No, no, I've actually had a little, so <laughs> I think I'm ready. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, uh, so the song I sang was uh, a song called Sailing Up, Sailing Down. And uh, I dedicated the song to, first of all, my wife, because she gave me the the bright idea to share this music with this community because it's so relevant to our work. Sure. And it's like a favorite song of mine too. And uh, the second people I want to dedicate to is this Hudson Clearwater Sloop because the song is one of their like anthems. And the Hudson Clearwater Sloop is a group that sails this really cool boat up and down the Hudson River <laughs> to advocate for cleaner water. We missed this when we were in New Jersey the other yeah, that's, yeah. the other week. Yeah, it must not have been the clean section of the Hudson. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. And the Hudson River, <laughs> the Hudson River is getting cleaner. And, awesome. Uh, the city of New York actually will agree with that. The New York DEP told me when we were there a few weeks, a month ago, that there are whale sightings now on the Hudson River. Wow. Which just hasn't happened in decades. Yeah. That's so great. that's one sign that wow. the Hudson River is getting cleaner. And, uh, but this group was founded in 1968 by Pete Seeger and team, and he's the one who's their, like, anthem leader. He sings sure. the song for them all the time. Aww. On the boat, up and down the river. So they have concerts in the summer, and they draw people to the river sure. side, and they, they get people to think about water and what they can do to help clean up water. Well, maybe so, just give us a so verse yeah, or So the song goes, two. it goes, uh, it goes, sailing up, sailing down, up, down, down, up, up and down the river, sailing on, stopping all along the way. The river may be dirty now, but she's getting cleaner every day. Da -da -ba 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 -da 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 -ba -da wow. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Excellent. Hey, well, you know, cheers. Cheers. Oh. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Here to that. No reason to top that. No. <laughs> no.